Polo and welcome to the year number 40 Country Football Star League Regional Championship Matchup Show. Alright, for starters, it's been a tough postseason. Um, there's been so many firings and hirings here at the Country Football Star League podcast that we've not had time to do a lot, so... We're here with another year where we can try and balance this out. We've missed so many years and we've missed so many excellent games and so many hardcore workouts and teams starting from the the preseason to, you know, the piece of the puzzle that's easy. And now we're here in the postseason and we've got a couple teams that are pretty good. We're going to take a look at them and some previews and comments and coach interviews and all that stuff. So stay tuned. It's going to be a really interesting show. Okay, so let's get started. We're going to kick off with the North Area um, Regional Championship matchups. Um, we're kind of getting to this late. Some teams have already played in regionals um, and won and are moving on. But there's some new stuff going on in the postseason. And we have to get to that so that this hardcore fan base um, will be able to understand. So let's take a look at CFSL. Year 40 regional matchup, North Area, Game 1, Pierside Pirates 12-0. They took on the Watam Cougars today, and this was an in-conference matchup at Fountain Falls. So it was a regional matchup at a conference venue versus a conference opponent for both teams. Um, and we seen Pierside hold the ball with their quarterback um, pretty much all the first half. It was 0-0 at halftime. Watam took a 7-0 lead, third quarter. Pierside marched down the field maybe four times throughout this game before Watam had a score, and the Pirates could not connect in the end zone. Um, and Watam's quarterback eventually led them to a 21-0 a win. So Watam's 13-0. They're getting ready to move on. Um, well, there's some rules. So we're going to go over the, all the games, and we'll go over the postseason rules now for year 40. All right, so game two, Baron and Berkeley. Taking on Baron and Avo at Baron Capital. Another in-conference matchup at a conference venue. Uh, this game hasn't happened yet. We got our panel here today. We're going to go to panel who's right next to me. What do you think about this Baron and Berkeley and Baron and Avo game? A look at Baron and Berkeley. We've seen them go far in the postseason. We've seen Baron and Avo go far in the postseason. Their postseason woes, the rivals that they've met. They aren't here no more. This is a kind of a brand new thing for them. Um... I think that Barrett and Berkeley definitely has some some tricks up its sleeve, and I think that Barrett and Ava is more the traditional, um, you know, big city, majority African, ancestry type of city. You know, Barrett and Berkeley is also that, but they've got more of a, like, a flex, but it's still, you know, top 85, 89% African ancestry, and Barrett and Ava probably 80, um, I meant 95, 98% African ancestry, um, and I think that Baron, you know, besides all the ancestry and how they're all grouped in here in this huge metropolitan Barrington state area, I think that Barrington Avo is going to walk away with this win just because they've been in the postseason. They've, they've played these Barrington teams in all sorts of ways and shapes and sizes and throughout all different lengths and days and weeks and months and years. And there have been extraordinary talents on other teams and Barrington Avo has been able to overcome them. I think that Barrington Avo taking on Baron and Berkeley in this postseason game is going to be sophisticated. And I think that it's also going to be 
to the point where Barrington Avo is really going to be looked at as far as a northern area team as, okay, you've got Watam with titles, you've got Watam's rival with the title, but Barrington Berkeley, Barrington Avo, Barrington Blacksburg, Barrington Capital, Swamp Tiller Christian, Swamp Tiller, they're teams that are here and they're here to win um, and they're out of that Barrington area conference. And Barrington Avo seems to be the front runner of that group. Um, but what what makes it happen for Barrington Avo? I think the thing that makes it happen for them is the fact that their quarterback knows how to connect to his receivers every year. Barrington Avo's got a 30-plus touchdown quarterback. Um, every year, Barrington's got, you know, effective ground running game, 1,000-yard running back, 1,000-yard receiver, 2,000-yard quarterback. And that's only through the first nine games. And then you've got Barrington-Berkeley. Yeah, they shut down these tough rivals in conference, but they lose to Barrington-Avo in conference play. Now they're here playing for a regional matchup. It's something that you don't pit Barrington-Berkeley on the wall often, and now you got to put them on the wall and see how they perform against this type of in-conference play. And if they beat these guys, yeah, historically it's a big year for them, but they've got to go take on Watam, who's got a title, who's got poi players, who's got historical ties that they've broken. It's going to be a very tough year in the North area post-regionals, and it's going to be on one of these Barrington teams to represent Barrington strong enough to take on Watam and then move on and take on the rest of the North so that they can play in the national championship for the South. Yeah, that's something I agree with. I think that Barrington... Avo just has a tough quarterback, a coaching quarterback. Is he's been there 19 years coaching, um, and I remember when you know he faced a lot of tough criticism. Being Barrington Avo's coach, you know, why not be Barrington Capital? Why not be something a place that makes more sense for your team for your life? You know, you could really ruin what you do. But I think this guy really knows how to fill in the void, um, and it's just been people have not been cordial. They haven't been cordial to Barrington. They haven't been, you know, saying that Barrington's sophisticated like some of these teams in the South, like some of these teams in the North. Um, and it's all about the dollar signs while they're doing that. And that's not going to be effective. That's not going to help anyone get to any wins. It's about the player spirit, the power behind the player, the power behind the parent, the power behind the coach, the power behind the community. Um, those are the things that are uh, playing in factors of why people win and lose not where you come from, but I can definitely see this being a tough matchup in Barrington having to cross those types of ties where they're saying, hey, I'm from Barrington, Berkeley. I'm better than you, or I'm from the Barrington, Avo neighborhood. I'm better than you. It doesn't matter, but on this football field game, it will matter. Let's get some. What do you guys think? I got Barrington, Berkeley losing. Barrington, Berkeley, they're not going to win this game. Yeah, Barrington, Avo, their quarterback's too tall. Baron and Ava, I love the receiving core, the coaching, the defensive line, the linebackers, and, of course, the quarterback play. I'm going to go with Baron and Ava, too, just because they're a team that has been here historically. They have more postseason points than a lot of teams that are out here in the North's field today. And I think that that's going to trickle down and really affect how some of these teams are going to uh, continue their recruiting process, continue living through in this coaching carousel to have kids go off and – do professional work in the sport and have people go to university for the sport and, you know, really reach out and get to other communities. So what what's on Barrington Berkeley's plate, though? Who, who do they have? Well, Barrington Berkeley, they've got two 1,000-yard running backs. One's at 2,200 yards rushing. The other one is just over 1,200 yards rushing. 
uh, the 1,200-yard back, he's number 32, and he's got eight touchdowns with 1,200 yards. And the 22 running back, number 22 senior, both of them are seniors. He's got 2,200 rushing yard or 2,200 rushing yards. That's correct. And he's also got 16 rushing touchdowns. So they're putting the ball on the ground a lot for Brandon Berkeley. But let's go to Barrington Avo's passing game. Quarterback over 3,500 passing yards, 38 touchdowns, nine picks through 12 games. It's going to be a big matchup. I got Barrington Avo. So what we all said, we'll all go with it. Game three for the North area. Let's hit that one up. All right, game three for the North area. Waggery Lake, 11-1. And they're taking on a school to the south, probably 95 miles to the south, the Avadogo Sailors. And this game is going to be played a little bit more towards Waggery Lake, but not too far away from Avadogo. Matter of fact, it is in Avadogo itself. This is going to be a regional matchup at Avadogo North. No conference connection to either club. But the same place as Avadogo, and Waggery Lake's coming in with a loss. What do you guys see here? What do I see? I see Waggery Lake walking away with this game. Their quarterback played an outstanding postseason performance against their rivals, Auricular Lake. Um, and they played Lakemont, Lakeview, Lake Ton, Catburn, South Creek. They did a, a host, uh, Shiloh and Dell. Um, they did, you know, if you go back between Waggery Lake, who did they play and who did Avidogo play in conference as far as tough teams? Waggery Lake, they have an edge statistically wise, but I think Avadogo, as far as strength of schedule, has a edge. Um, let's go to Avadogo's quarterback. He's at 48 passing touchdowns and nine interceptions. Waggery Lake's quarterback, he's at 57 total touchdowns, including 33 on the ground and 27 in the air. He's very fast. He's over 4,000 total. All-purpose yards at quarterback. I think Avidogo's defense is going to have a tough time tracking his arm down, um, you know, making sure he doesn't put the ball in the air or on the ground. You know, this quarterback is going to get repetitions in this game unless he falls out. Um, this O-line is going to be very powerful for Avidogo. The D-line is going to be very powerful for Avidogo. And the O-line is going to be very powerful for Waggery Lake. And I'm even going to tell you this. The D-line is going to be very powerful for Burr. Ugh, for Waggery Lake, this I'm sorry, I'm so amped up and juiced up. Um, Waggery Lake, they've got when you when you go in these games, Waggery Lake versus Avadogo, these teams is O line and D line are going to be motivated to take out the other team's quarterback. This is just a power, a quarterback's game. I got Avadogo. I'm going to take Avadogo. I'm going to go ahead and say the Avadogo Sailors are going to win this game. I'm going to go Waggery Lake just because they pull off that postseason upset against undefeated Auricular Lake. And now that you've got an undefeated Waggery Lake, or you've got undefeated Avidogo taking on Waggery Lake, you've got another chance as Waggery Lake to add on to the story and to make your team as good as you'd like it to be. Yep, I agree. Um, if you got two Avidogos, one, Aver- one Waggery Lake, I'm going to go with uh, WL. They're going to they're gonna win this game. Waggery Lake's going to win this game. Because that quarterback, I've seen him play. He's fast. He reminds me of an NFL first overall draft pick. He's just so good. Uh, people, and it's not, he's not the first kid that's come through this system to play to play out of this system like the way he's playing. He's not the first guy to do that. He's not going to be the last. Um, but I just think that Waggery Lake, the way that they run their system so tight, 
and Ava Dogo being so consistent in the postseason and not having a national championship after 40 years, it's something to tell you about Waggery Lake versus Ava Dogo in this game. All right, I'm going to go and break this tie between us five. I'm going to say Ava Dogo wins this game. They're playing at Ava Dogo North. His quarterback is too consistent. He's got a big arm. Waggery Lake's quarterback doesn't have a big arm. And when it comes to quarterbacks, I like to say who's staying in the pocket, who's running away from the pressure. Waggery Lake's... They're running away from the pressure. They're not going to get this game. I think Avidoga is going to get this game, but it's going to be close. I'm going to say two touchdown difference, and that'll be it. All right. What an expert staff that I have. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. Let's go with game four. RK Hilton, 10 and 2, taking on Milaniu, 12 and 0. This game is at Captor Capital. Um, Milaniu has um, conference size with Captor Capital. But they did not play predominantly white. They didn't play pre-dom this year, and they're 12-0 in the postseason. I think that's going to cut them, if not now, in the next round. But let's see what you're saying. I, I like R.K. Hilton. R.K. Hilton knows how to cut it. 1,800-yard um, running back through the first 12 games. Uh, he's got 18 touchdowns. He's got a great tight end, a great offensive line, hardcore coaching, a uh, great quarterback who loves to give the ball up to the running back, and he knows how to make consistent passes, accurate throws. R.K. Hilton. All right, the first guy, he didn't know what to say. I'm going to say it. I'm the third guy. I'm going to go with R.K. Hilton. R.K. Hilton, I'm the fourth guy. I like what you guys are saying. I'm going to go with R.K. Hilton, too. I love what you guys are saying, too. But Melania's quarterback, Malangi's quarterback, uh, the Malangi Tigers, he's got an arm that people want to say is like Avadoga's quarterback, but there's not one arm up here that's going to just bow down to him. And especially Watam's quarterback. And I don't think Malangu and Watam are going to see each other um, anytime after the uh, semi, the quarterfinals begins. I think Watam and Malangu should play in the quarterfinals, but they might get that bye. We got some rules to read. They might get that bye, but I think Malangu, I think their quarterback's arm is just too big. To be stopped, but again, R.K. Hilton's defense is going to be really something else. They've got a fantastic D-line. They've got good linebackers. It's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough game. Um, we'll have to find out. All right, let's go with game five. Bucatella County Christian, 11-1. and one. Now they're 11-2, and two, and they played Azul Bay Catholic, who's now 13-0. and 0. They played at Meter Mean. What's going on here? Azul Bay Catholic, their quarterback, very similar to Waggery Lake, very more... Um, in depth, he's got a bigger fan base behind him. He's got a lot to ride and play for. And I think that Azul Bay Catholic is going to be one of those teams that is going to be going to the quarterfinals before anything else is said and done. Uh, they already won their regional trophy. It was a huge celebration. I was just down there. It's going to be a huge game. And I don't think that anybody else is going to be around to have the coaching to stop the Azul Bay Catholic quarterback. But I think that there's some teams out here that would love to shoot it out with them. Watam being one of them. Avadogo being one of them. Uh, Waggery Lake being one of them. Barrington Avo being one of them. I think that they're going to be tough, but they've got so many surprises that are happening in this postseason, and I don't think they're the toughest team out there. But congratulations for the regional championship. Congrats, Azul Bay Catholic. You've beaten Azul City Catholic. You guys are the most holy team in your city. You guys are the new regional champions. 
with that being said, you all must honor this postseason tournament and try and walk away with the world championship. You guys have no other choice, and I'm not going to hold you to anything but that. You guys have been fantastic playing this year. This offense for Azul Bay Catholic has been averaging over 50 points a game, nearly eight touchdowns a game for Azul Bay Catholic, and this quarterback is to blame. 58 total touchdowns, six turnovers, whether it be fumbles or picks. He's got three picks, so that leaves you with an obvious exclamation of what else he's done with the football besides their interceptions in the turnover category. Um, with that being said, I'll pass the third panel. I like how Buckatilla County Christian came out here. They were representing the Lord God, Jesus Christ. They were doing their own thing on the football field. Um, but when they got to regionals, 11 wins wasn't enough to stop this Azul Bay Catholic quarterback. Yeah, it wasn't enough. And the thing about it is when you go back and look at what took place, Muckatella County Christian, they were beating the crap out of people in their conference. Avidogo North could not compete with Muckatella County Christian. Muckatella Capital could not compete with Muckatella County Christian. Meter Mean could not compete with Muckatella County Christian. Um, it's just, it was a tough team. But like I said, 11 wins and one loss. They came in as Bay Catholic was undefeated. You couldn't tell what Muckatella County Christian was good at doing all season because how fast and how quick Azul Bay Catholic quarterback was able to put up points on the board. A lot of points, very fast. It's going to be tough for any other team here, and I wouldn't be surprised if Azul Bay Catholic goes all the way in the national championship. I'm calling it them. I want ABC to win. Yeah, I got an ABC. They're going to they're gonna do something and, and shock a couple more teams before they're done. All right, we've got our last regional game, game six. The newer clubs added to the Country Football Star Tournament. So this has given us an extra slot to fill up the North. People have been complaining the North is too small. Well, the North has more regional games going on this year. So kind of lets you know how the committee's been listening to people, what the commissioners of conferences have been telling the commissioner of the entire league. Uh, so we're going to just figure everything out one day at a time. Um, but let's get to this game six, the Bloomington... Bears are taking on the Wheatsville Shockers, and this game is at Glenner Northwest. Non-conference venue, non-conference teams, Big 8 conference, taking on the Big 12 conference. What do you like here? I love Bloomington. They've, they've done it. Bloomington is the team that's pulled off the best um, upset of the postseason. They've, they're the team that beat Big Beach South, and Big Beach South was picked out of the South Desert Association to go into... The quarterfinals of the area tournament and, you know, almost make it to play for the uh, national championship. So now you've gotten Bloomington 10-2. and two. They're taking on Wheatsville. And this is Bloomington that plays against Flat Farm Central, Flat Farm East. Um, they're taking on Wheatsville 12-0. Wheatsville, what's good about them? Wheatsville, another team with a quarterback that's got 1,400 on the ground. He's got... 1,600 in the air, 3,000 total offensive yards, 42 total touchdowns all year through the first 12 games. Loves his tight ends, loves his running backs, his fullbacks. He knows how to get all those different things done for his community um, to get them to what they need to be looking like. And let's go with a panel right now. What do you guys got? Bloomington, I think they beat Big Beat South. Give me Bloomington. I got Bloomington. I'll go ahead and take Wheatsville undefeated. They aren't undefeated for no reason. Something big is going to come out of this. All right, so you got two and one so far. I'm going to go with Bloomington. They've got a big, big team. They're tall. 
They're strong kids, 6'4", O-line, and then they've got six, three, six, four other positions. They've got a lot of time on their hands to really move around and try and feel out Wheatsville for what it's worth. I'm going to take Bloomington. All right, I'm going to add another belt, another notch to Wheatsville, give them the benefit of the doubt, making them a 13-0 team. I think that Wheatsville, they could go 13-0 and compete with some of these teams. I mean, are they going to be able to stop some of these teams? No, but they can compete, and competing means fourth quarter tie game. Who's going for who? And you got to look at Weedsville and say, hey, you guys, you know, you'll have that support if you have that type of record. Okay, we're going to get ready and read the rules for the postseason uh, in the Country Football Star League tournament year 40. Okay, so rules. Um, this is from the commissioner himself, so let's take a look at this for the North Area. All right, rules. After completing regionals in North Area only, winner of regional winners only, based upon CFSL committee playoff regional season, regular season, preseason, offseason, historical point system called the CFSL IIL4, or the highest rated undefeated current ranked team, the largest number team will advance to the area final championship without playing a game. Uh, the blank seed and blank seed by an area semifinal uh, will play. So here's the example the commissioner wrote down. Um, example, game five and game six winners will play a game. And the first four game winners will be two. So out of the first four games, there will be two winners. Then the five game and the six game will play. So there will be three finalists. And the lowest um, CFSL II4 team will play the winner between Game 5 and Game 6. Um, so basically this means the winner between the first four games with the lowest record will play a semifinal game after the quarterfinals and one team will advance freely to the area finals not to get things confused. So with this path set, who do you all see going where? Watam is already there. In the quarterfinals, I think Brandon, Brandon Avo, and see, it just depends. Okay, if Barrington Avo loses, you got Brandon Berkeley. They're gonna have to play. They're gonna have to play West. Anybody, Watam, anybody playing East in the North, Azobe Catholic this playing East, Wheatsville is playing East. I suppose they're going to play East. Um, but you look at teams like RK Hill and Malangu, uh, Avidogo. Avidogo is playing East. Waggery Lake's playing East. So this is what I'm saying. I say Azul, Azul Bay Catholic, Waggery Lake. That's one game. Then you've gotten RK Hilton, Barrington Avo. Then you've got Watam and Wheatsville. I think that's going to be the fair game. Or Bloomington and Watam. That's going to be the fair game. And then Watam, they're going to win out. Zulbay Catholic's going to win out. Waggery Lake is going to win out. Zulbay Catholic versus Waggery Lake. We've seen that game in the postseason before. We've seen Zulbay Catholic uh, win these games. Watam versus Zulbay Catholic. Winner goes to this national championship. Same. I agree. I agree. I agree. Okay, now that we've gotten most of the north done, all the north done, we're going to take a look at the south area. And this is only five games, but it's still just as a crucial 
as uh, the North. So let's take a look at game one. The Motorian Tigers of the Motorian Hills Range affiliation are going to take on the Layton Capital Spartans. This game is going to be played at Grandtown, so it's a conference venue game for Layton Capital, but you look at the frack and say, hey, where are you guys at? Where's the frack at? They're nowhere this year. They've only got Layton Capital in, and I think that's a big thing that the com the committee was looking at. You know, a lot of the frack teams, Layton Capital played uh, Brady for a district title in one, so that was two frack games, and now they're out of the frack, but they're playing Motorian, who's like the closest team to the frack. Um, that's about a 190-mile drive. Um, I think Layton Capital is going to win this game, but what are you saying? I love Motorian's quarterback. 56 passing touchdowns. Zippo interceptions. He's got that record right now. Nice ratio. 5,100 passing yards. He's got that ratio. And you look at the defense for Motorian. They love reading quarterbacks. They've got 18 picks collectively as a defensive set. And that's number two in the north. Not bad, not bad. They're getting a lot of picks a game. Layton Capital better be careful, but I'm going to pick the Spartans. Just tough conference play. I like conferences like where Layton Capital's at. I'm going to have to go with the Motorian Tigers. I love how they played Zeraton. They played Hillop. They played Greytown. They played Govers. Uh, they played Govorian. Um, they play a lot of big teams, and they do get a lot of big wins. I don't think that this is going to be a game that's going to be very usual for Layton Capital because it's not a really huge school. It is a huge school in a huge community, but they represent so many smaller teams, and for them to be the conference buddy and to get that nod, I think they're going to pull up this upset in Grandtown. This is a once-in-a-lifetime chance, and they're not trying to blow it. All right, it's you and you two. Two-two time or break this time. I'm going to go Layton Capital. Historically, they've been there. They've got the titles, national championships. they got the Poi Awards. Motorian Tigers are just that, like, outside-looking-in team. They're still going to be outside-looking-in. All right, I'm going to go with... Game two now. Let's go game two. Kirsten Christian, 12-0. They lost to Revere today, 55-10 at Huntley. Revere, not close to Huntley at all. Probably a couple hundred mile drive. Probably 180 miles, 200, 200 miles, something like that, 210. Um, and they shut them down. What do you like about that? Kirsten, they play, they're north of Motorian, so them going all the way past Motorian to play Revere, I don't think it's the best answer, but they were the only team left in the north that was there. They could have had Kirsten Kirsten play in Layton Capital like people wanted it in Motorian versus Revere, but they said two small teams trying to gang up on each other. That's not what they wanted to do, so I'm not mad. Kirsten Kirsten had a great year. Revere's going to take on Layton Capital again and probably... Uh, duke it out for a national championship spot or a national final spot. And that's what's respectful about this. Same teams coming back to play each other again year after year. Uh, you might see two or three teams fall off uh, from the entire postseason regular, you know, in and out, who's in, who's out. But these are two teams that are going to battle it out. I think that Layton Capital is going to get by their first game and Revere's already there. Let's move on. All right, this is the... Biggest game in the South as far as mysteries. Game three, North Further Southeast taking on Gate Void Panthers. North Further Southeast is 11-1, and one, and they're led by this quarterback. What's this quarterback talking about? Well, he's talking about a lot of things, but the number one thing is his game-winning passing touchdown with six seconds left. That went for 84 yards against the Gonzalo running Rebels when Gonzalo scored with only uh, 17 seconds left. Um, and... 
North further southeast, their quarterback, he was 0 for 15 in the first quarter after he made his first completion. He was um, 1 for 16. Then he made, I think, about 7. I think he went 7 for 11. And then he went, I think, 5 for 5. And that was the last part where he had 5 completions for 230 yards. Um, and he finished with over 300 passing yards. And he finished with uh, 5 touchdowns. I think this is going to be another very good game. No, he finished with six passing touchdowns. Pardon me. They won that game 42-38. to 38. Um, And he was far out. And now he's got to take on same conference as Gonzalo. Southeastern Conference Gateway Panthers team. And what's the Panthers quarterback looking like? Uh, another year for the Silver and Blue Panthers. Uh, he's got 51 total touchdowns, including 20 two on the ground, and the rest are through the air. He's got over 36 total, 100 all offensive yards. A tough game. It's going to be a tough game. Not the best game as far as numbers going out, but it's going to be a tough game. I'm going to be proud of North Feather Southeast quarterback. If he can get two Southeastern Conference wins under his belt, um, Gateboy, they've got an undefeated Central City Catholic win under their belt. It's going to be it's a toss-up. This game is going to be played at Central City, by the way, so... And conference venue for Gabe Boyd. Um, so commissioner for the conferences are going to be there. We're going to see how it works out. Okay, let's take a look at game four. Gate, Goat Hill Capital taking on the John T. Goldia Golden Eagles at Northfield non-conference venue for both teams. Goat Hill, uh, Goat Hill Capital court, uh, running back, 40 rushing touchdowns, over 3,000 yards rushing. John T. Goldia, their um, offense quarterback, over 50 passing touchdowns, over 4,000 yards passing. Um, he's throwing about, he's throwing some tough passes. Like he's gotten screens that have gone for 80 plus yards, 70 plus yards screen touchdowns. He gets that happening a lot. So his arm isn't as damaged as, or, you know, it's not as battle, battle tested as you would think, but he's still got the numbers up. Uh, Put up a good fight, and I think that John T. Goldia, considering they've got all those poise and national championships, they're going to win. I'm going to agree, John T. Goldia, JTG, they're going to win this game. Golden Eagles go, Eagles fly. I'm going to go JTG also, John T. Goldia, they're doing a great thing with their quarterback, getting them over to the 50 mark, and they got them on the right path. I'm going to go with Goal Hill Capital. These games are not one in the air. They're one in the ground. And the running backs and the O-line and tight ends and D-line linebackers for Goal Hill Capital is hard-hitting here. They're going to win the national championship pretty soon. Same, I like uh, Goal Hill Capital. They're just a tall-nosed team, very tough. Not many teams are going to want to duke it out with them. And not many teams are going to want to have to endure the type of defense that they have or endure the type of tackling it takes to stop these guys. Same thing, same thing. I think we're all here, three and two for Go Hill Capital. Pull off this upset for, I think the second, the third time in school history. They've beaten John T. Goldia in the postseason twice. John T. D. John T. Goldia has won seven times. Hey, you got to take the good to the bad. All right, in our last game for the South Area, Game Five, Big Tie City Capital, twelve and zero, taking on Super City South Hill, twelve and zero at Southside Southland. Um, relatively in city, same city conference venue. Um, what's the difference between these places? They're all in the big, big city. Big Tie City. It's in the west. It's in the north. It's in the south. It's in the central. Super City South Hill. It's definitely in the north. It's definitely in the south. 
It stretches so far, and this running back is so good. 2,600 total offensive yards, 40 rushing touchdowns. He leads the nation in rushing yards, touchdowns, and averages on carry. I think once he gets past this game, you see Super City South Hill versus Goat Hill Capital um, in a quarterfinal game. You're going to see, hey, one of those guys deserves to play for the national championship, um, and it's about only proving it that way. Going through that straight line, let's get these votes. Who do you guys got? I like Big Tice at the Capitol. They've got the D-line. Their D-line has got two guys, over 70-plus tackles, linebacker core, running backs. They're all there with the basic utensils that it needs to surprise some of these other teams that you play against in the postseason. They've got the numbers. They've got the coaching. They've got the fan base. They've got the jerseys, the money, um, as far as the community investing in the teams and the players and sell-out games, memorabilia, all that stuff is going on with Big Tice at the Capitol. But with that being said, Super City South Hill running back is so fast. I can't pick against them. Yeah, I'm going to go with Big Tie City Capital, too. Um, but like you said, Super City South Hill quarterback uh, with that running back. You can't go against that. and You just got to – hey, I got Big Tie City coming out and doing what they're supposed to do, but I don't think they're going to win this game. I'm going to go with Super City South Hill and just be honest, like unlike you two, I like the Tigers' offense, and they're just going to move the ball faster and better than a lot of people. But, you know, the big Thai City Capital Tigers also are a pretty good team, and they could dominate offensively and defensively. All right, I'm going to go with the last guys that I know about, Super City South Hill. They're gonna, they've been here from the dawn of time. They've always been a big Thai City team, Super City South Hill. I think since year number three they've been here. No, year number one, Super City South Hill has been here. And it wasn't called Super City South Hill. It was just called South Hill. They're a big team. They're going to win. And they're going to head to the area finals. All right, we've got uh, the rules for the South. And then we're going to head out of here after a great show. Okay, so the rules for the South. They told me... The rules are this. All right, so rules. After completing regionals in South Area only, winners of regional winners only based upon CFSL committee playoff regular season, preseason, offseason, circle points system called CFSL IIL4 or the highest rated undefeated current ranked team. The largest number team will advance to the area semifinal championship. The blank seed and the blank seed will play an area semifinal. Um, so example, game five and game six winners will play a game. The first four game winners will be two. The game winner between the first four game winners, lowest record, will play a semifinal after the quarterfinals. One team advances freely to the area final. So basically, break that down for me. Okay, so let's say we map out postseason. Who's going to win? Okay, Leighton Capital is going to take on Revere. That's a quarterfinal game. Then you've gotten... Uh, Gabe Boyd taking on John T. Goldia after these regional matchups. That's the other quarterfinal game. And then you've got the winner between this game, Big Tie City Capital and Super City South Hill. They'll take on the winner between game three and four. That'll be the semifinal. And the winner between game one and two will automatically go to the area final. All right, wow. You covered that fast, and I'm glad you did. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. No problem. Thanks a lot. This has been an excellent podcast, and thanks a lot for listening. All you great fans and all you great listeners out there, um, we will try and get back to you all before the year 40 national championship game. 
who knows what that's going to be. But uh, until then, this is the Country Football Star League podcast. Have a great life. See you all next time.